0: today on CityCast Chicago. While music and street festivals soak up most of the summertime shot hype, neighborhood block parties are the real unsung heroes. Already, hundreds have taken place, bringing barbecues, bounce houses, and Casper slides to communities across the city. So, what goes into putting on a good block party? And is it too late for you to throw one? It's Wednesday, July 19th, I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. We're talking all things Block Party, from planning one to throwing one to making sure your neighbors actually show up. And I'm joined on the microphone today by the one and only best damn newsletter editor in the city, Sydney Madden. Welcome back, see it.
1: Thanks, Jacoby.
0: So, Sia, you grew up in downtown. Did you, like, really go to Block Parties coming up?
1: I, I did not. There was no place to really have them. There, there was something so nice and neighborhoody that I didn't have growing up that I think is really... I don't know, you, you know, you kind of like get jealous or you wish you're part of that. Because um, c- in a high rise, it's a little different, you know, people can be like a little colder or I, I mean, there are still parties and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. since moving up to Lakeview, I've definitely walked past a couple and they've piqued my interest. One day I'm going to get the courage to just invite myself in.
0: Mm-hmm. I grew up uh in like Gresham and my grandmother stayed in Calumet Heights. And even to this day, uh, especially in Calumet Heights, there's like this small little block party that you'll catch like at some point in July if you happen to be in a neighborhood. Uh, and it's always fun to walk to uh, because they feel like the like the little sibling to street festivals in Chicago, which are the middle child to like ma- major music festivals <laughs> And so when we talk about some of the differences between a block party and a street festival, like what what are some of those like very simple basic differences?
1: Yeah, I think a street fest is is a lot bigger, obviously. Um it costs more. Um it's it's for a lot more people versus a block party. Uh, you know, it's it's just for the block or, or mm-hmm. you know, friends and family of the neighbors. Um, So I think that's the biggest difference.
0: Yeah, and when you look into, like, the permits on the city websites, a block party can only be one block and it can't Mm -hmm. be on like a bus route so it has to be like tucked into a neighborhood in some sense like even earlier this year I've gone over to the Inglewood Peace Campus off of 64th Mm. and Honoree for two different sort of parties one was a street festival which was like two blocks they had multiple vendors out there you know people were playing basketball people were in the garden they had a stage with playing music and then I also went over there another time it was just like one block And it was like, you know, then there's like the bounce house, right? Mm -hmm. There are people over there like that. And um, uh, according to CDOT, already there have been 750 permits issued for block parties um, that have happened this year, led by the 26th Ward on the West Side uh, with Humble Park, Hermosa, Logan, with nearly 50. And so if you're moving through your neighborhood and you want to know what's the difference between like a street festival and a, and a block party, well, how many blocks is it on? Sid, you talked to two people um, who have actually thrown block parties in their neighborhood. Who'd you talk with?
1: Uh, I talked to Joel Simon on the North Side up here in Lakeview, uh, he's lived here. I think he said 23 years. Uh, started throwing them, yeah, yeah. When he had kids a long time ago, did it for about a decade, and then uh, on the south side, I talked to Ashley Rayner, who who's in Beverly, and she's throwing her second block party this year. Um, and, and if those are familiar names to to CityCast listeners, that's because both Joel and Ashley uh, gave you neighborhood uh, tours.
0: Mm -hmm. I got to sit down with Ashley, uh, her and her small child in the park uh, nearby her house in Beverly. And and it was really cool because both of them are different. Joel had been in the neighborhood for a few decades and Ashley grew up in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. moved away, and then had just moved back uh, with her family. But I I don't remember her talking about uh, like putting on a block party. So she might have done it since we've talked. Um, Can you tell me a little bit of how how they first started doing this?
1: Yeah. So Ashley moved uh, to Beverly during the pandemic pandemic. and, and obviously, there weren't a lot of block parties during the pandemic. It was something she grew up with. Uh, her her parents. It, it was on their block, um, so she was just really moved to connect with her neighbors.
0: Talk about those differences in numbers. I mean, in twenty twenty, obviously, there were only like forty, you know, permits for block parties. Whereas now we're you know in the in the seven hundred um, range again. Is you know that that bounce back? We're not at like the, the pre pandemic levels, which was a, around like nine hundred. Um, Well, what about Joe? How did he start throwing them in his neighborhood?
1: Uh, I think it started off kind of casually. Then they decided, let's make this official. Mm -hmm. Let's hear from Joe.
2: Somewhere at the beginning, maybe in the first three or four years during the summer, we found I'd get home from work. I'd come off the bus. I'd get on the block and ask myself, "Okay, whose porch are we going to be sitting on? Right? So people would sort of cluster up around the way. And you hang out, you chit-chat, a bottle of wine comes out. And somewhere along the line, Somebody said, Hey, we should we should formalize this. Let's do a block party. And some of the who were at the time twenty, thirty year residents on the block had never done one before. So we said, Hey, let's just let's just make it happen.
0: I love that between both of them they there's this desire to connect with their neighbors, to like learn who the people in the neighborhood is. You know, I remember we had one when I was living on, like, 92nd and Laughlin. There was one right on our block. And I think our house was responsible for, like, bringing all of the um, all of the pop, bringing all the little mm-hmm. hugs, right? There's people out there on the grill. You just had people sort of bringing tables together. And so there is, like, that little difference between just, like, a, a party on the block and an actual block party, right? And so when, mm-hmm. you know, Joe said that him and his neighbors just made it happen, can you talk a little bit? What does that planning process actually look like
1: uh, so for Joel and his neighbors they had to apply for a permit with their older person um, and that permit uh, blocked off the street to traffic and parking um, I think you have to wait three days to, to three business days to get a permit um, but after that Joel kind of said you know it's not rocket science you pick a date uh, you get people to bring different foods potluck style and and he really said the hardest part is getting people to move their cars
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he said that his neighbors and even the alderburs actually helped them to get supplies and, yes. and, and help them um, set things up. Let's hear from Joel again.
2: Everything else is really do it yourself. You know, you put a couple of garbage cans at the top of the street. You tell everybody, give everybody warning when it's going to be so they can move their cars. You get a few hardy souls out there early in the morning with some brooms to clean things up. <laughs> In the first year, we tried to assign people things. You bring drinks, you bring dessert, you bring hot dogs and what have you. Um, and we found that everybody said, yeah, I'll do it. And then nobody did what they said they were going to do. <laughs> and then it all worked out just fine anyway.
0: Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with a liner expert there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S., they got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Joel and them talked about, you know, putting the block party together. Did they talk about, like, what it meant to market, what it meant to go around if there wasn't like an established, cause it doesn't sound like there was an established block club for for either of their parties. It seemed like they were just neighbors who wanted to put this on. How did they get other people in the neighborhood to come?
1: Ashley said flyers really helped. She just stuck it in people's mailboxes. Um, just scrolling on Facebook, I found a ton of block parties. So that's another way to do it. Um, I think one of them said, you know, knock on people's doors. Um, but yeah, you, you do need to coordinate with people because it, it is still summer and people travel.
0: Mm-hmm. For me, the block party was always about between the grill and then however we was playing football and what and who and who was on whatever teams. Right. Right. Um, But what are the elements you you have to have to make a good block party? When you're talking to Ashley and Joe, what are some common threads that run between both of their stories?
1: I think the basics, and Ashley said this, food, music, and people who want to connect. But then Mm. the extra stuff, you know, like the entertainment, the fun. um, You can get bounce houses pretty cheap from Park District. You can rent one. Um, Those do go pretty quick. So, again, in your planning process, you're going to want to. Do that a little earlier. Um, but yeah, th- there's all sorts of different entertainment.
3: The idea of like togetherness and friendship and like making sure that people get to know each other, I think it's really, especially now, like I think there's just, you don't know your neighbors as well. When I think of a black party, I think, you know, there's like a bounce house, like uh, one of the black parties had like a, a reptile guy come, and that stuff's really cool. But what you really remember is just like hanging out like all day and being able to run in the street and like play with, you know, all kids and stay, all the other kids and stay up late
0: and catch fireflies and stuff. Oh, man, not the fireflies. See, <laughs> if you go to a block party in your neighborhood, what food are you definitely trying and what food are you definitely staying away from?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I- I'll try any. Honestly, I have a really big sweet tooth, so I'll pound like any dessert. I'm pretty open minded <laughs> in that way. Um I don't know, like I'm not gonna have no offense to the vegans. I'm not gonna do like cauliflower buffalo cauliflower, whatever. You know, like that just doesn't <laughs> sound good to me. Maybe I should give it a try, but it won't be the first thing on my plate. What about you?
0: I feel that. Um honestly it's probably gonna be potato salad. I'm definitely not trying and <laughs> at, at nobody's party. It's just not happening. Between the heat and the way people make it, I'm just not going. Um honestly though, I get anybody ribs a try though. I I'll see oh, how you did on the ribs. Like and I'm a judge I'm a <laughs> judge like, I'm gonna stand close enough to the grill where it's like you know I, if I can give you a nod you see it <laughs> but if I like just kind of turn you also know you also maybe, know
1: maybe you gotta work the grill <laughs>
0: Honestly, I, I, I feel comfortable with that. Right. I'm at that age now. Um, I mean, all it is between the bounce house, between the attractions. I mean, when we was a kid, we had this magician come through named Mr. right. All it is. Mr. Mr. I hope my homies is listening to this who remember this man because he, he's a wild boy. Uh, <laughs> but somebody has to pay for this. How much effort and money goes into making this according to them?
1: I think it really depends. Um, So Ashley said, you know, like at the very, very high end, it could cost like up to a thousand, but probably more likely a couple hundred. And in Joel's neighborhood anyway, they would, um, you know, pass a hat and everyone would kind of chip in because, you know, it's for the community. It's, It's for the block.
0: With inflation, you know, I imagine some block parties probably cost way more and people go sort of all out. But what are some of those other things that, you know, that money is going to in a block party, essentially?
1: Yeah, you don't have to spend a lot to have fun. I think we know that. Uh, We did the budget week. Um, But (laughs) for kids, uh, you can just pick up chalk, do bubbles. I think Joel also mentioned... there was like a bike decorating contest that was cute. Um, okay. And yeah, just lot, lots of fun, affordable things you can do as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You get some frisbees, some footballs, a couple exactly. of basketballs, right? And again, in, in a lot of these neighborhoods, especially in like Calumet Heights, so many people have card tables. So you see mm-hmm. people out playing spades, people playing dominoes, uh, Uno, right? So there are a lot of like low budget ways uh, for people to do the block party.
1: Yeah. The other thing that I, I remember that Joel said was, At the end of the night, I asked him, you know, you know, you have to clean up. How how do you get everyone to settle down? And he said for the kids, throw up a sheet, get a projector and put on a movie. Um, It just settles everyone down. The adults can clean up. Um, And I thought it was such a good pro tip. Very affordable, too. And and the kids get really hyped. Like, what movie is it going to be? And it's kind of like a big finale for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned both of those things, uh, but especially like waste management. The city site also mm-hmm. has some guidelines for how to manage cleanup in your neighborhood and get help for that. Uh, so definitely check that out as well. Um, I bet planning with that, especially if you're trying to get people's money, if you're going to need a bunch of people to Venmo or Cash App, you you probably need to to start that a little bit early, even though you can get the permit three days out.
1: Yeah, uh, I think Ashley said something like, give yourself two to three months. Still seemed to think you could throw it together pretty quick maybe it's because <laughs> he's done it for a decade <laughs> or you know <laughs> it, it, he has a lot of experience but I think for newbies you know just give yourself a month or two
0: okay uh since it's already mid-july you know I've I've seen block parties happening especially on my side of things and Woodlawn I've seen them in Calumet Heights right Inglewood like is it too late for people to to throw a block party
1: not at all. And in fact, Ashley told me, um, most block parties she's been to happens in August. Um, and the one she's planning, it, it is also happening next month.
0: Oh, okay. so the the sweet season might actually be a little bit after July, late August when the weather is starting to maybe come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you feel after talking to them a little bit more excited to like look into or check out block parties in your neighborhood?
1: Yeah, and actually, I'll do a PSA to CityCast listeners. Uh, you can send invites for me to Chicago at CityCast.fm. I'm trying Did to pull I up to. The, I'm on. trying to go to block parties. Um, I will bring something. I, you know, I'm not there to just <laughs> what's the word like schmoo or, schmo- or you know take whatever. Um, but yeah, you can you can send invites. Maybe I'll bring Simone and Jacoby <laughs> if the invites extended to all of us. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely trying to go to one.
0: Hey, I pull up with the loud. Um, Sydney <laughs> says she is no mooch. She will bring something. So make sure you send those invites. And if you got block party memories um, for, again, when you was coming up, ones that you've already been to, um, you know, feel free to send us a text or voicemail 773 780 246 Yes, I got the number memorized finally <laughs> after like 16 months. Um, I know Ashley had a last piece of advice for people. Um, let's take a listen.
3: Even if it's a little scary, even if it's like, I don't know what it's going to be, or I'm worried that this isn't going to come together. Like, yeah, stuff isn't going to work, and, you know, things are going to be late, and someone's going to spill a whole tray of hot dogs or something. But, like, the, you should just do it. You know, just speak up to people and say, hey, I need help with this and that and the other. And generally, I think people are happy to help and even want to make those connections and want to know their friends, their neighbors.
0: Do you have any last piece of advice to people or anything that we missed? Anything that you want to cover?
1: Both Ashley and Joel touched on this. Just it can be really scary to plan a party. And they both like shared worries like, will people come? Um, And at the end of the day, you know, it will ebb and flow. And yeah, yeah, people do come, you know, like it's it's stressful planning a party, but it doesn't have to be. And uh, I think it's worth it.
0: I wanna give another huge thank you to our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, uh, not only for bringing up this conversation, which allowed me to walk down sort of nostalgia's row, thinking about all of the block parties I've been through throughout my life, but also giving people this practical advice on ways um, to throw block parties in their neighborhood. We will drop links, not only to Hey Chicago in the show notes, but also to the city's permit page uh, and guidelines for block parties in your neighborhood if you wanna throw one. I'll also drop a link to the neighborhood guides featuring Joel and Ashley uh, if you wanna stop by Lakeview or Beverly with their great recommendations. Sydney, thank you for stopping by. Thank you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The Illinois Supreme Court has ruled 5-2 to that the state's ending of cash bail is constitutional and it will go into effect mid-September. Chicago Public Schools has opened a welcome center at Roberto Clemente High School for newly arriving migrants living in Westtown and Humboldt Park. Families will get help enrolling in school, accessing language services and public benefits and getting school supplies and needed vaccines. Another day, another Illinois biometric information privacy suit. Yes, say that five times fast. This time, it's Instagram. All Illinois residents who use the app in the last eight years could be eligible for a cash payout. You could submit a claim by September 27th. There's some good news. If the weather allows, there are plenty of chances to experience free dance concerts and parks across Chicago this week, including today at Eckerd Park in Westtown and Friday at Rutherford Sayre Park in Montclair. For a full schedule, you can check the show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you're following along with Sydney Madden's hard work every single day by subscribing to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. While you're there, you might notice how cool our new website looks. Go ahead and let us know what you think at 773-780-0246. I'm going to talk to you all bright and early tomorrow when we're looking back on the 20-year legacy of the Silver Room Block Party. I'll talk to you then. Peace. How is it over there in Hey Chicago Chicagoland?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um... <laughs> That was a funny question because I was like, there's an honest answer and then there's there's like a more (laughs) diplomatic answer and I need to decide which one to go with.
0: (laughs) The truth is, it's a warm up question that usually gets cut out.